Hey everyone, welcome to another North American Lockdown edition of the Plant Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Howard Jacobson. Today, I think we're calling day eight of our uh, North Carolina quarantine after returning to the United States a week ago. Uh, we got home just about uh, exactly seven days ago. And yesterday, I worked for a long time in the garden. And in the afternoon, I came in and I did a podcast slash video podcast talking about some of the principles that inform how I garden. Yesterday, I talked about working with nature, gardening with nature, specifically in terms of how nature has a succession plan for every piece of bare ground eventually to turn into forest. And the more we can work with that instead of trying to fight it, the more efficient we are. Today, I want to talk about another very important principle. And again, I'm talking about gardening, but think about how this applies to life in general, and that is diversity. So the diversity in my garden is in contrast to most of industrial farming, which is if you fly over you know, a fields, fields in an airplane, uh, remember airplanes? You'll, you'd see giant fields of single crops. Or you drive by the side of the road in Iowa or Nebraska, and you just see corn everywhere or wheat or tobacco here in North Carolina. And these are known as monocrops. And they're very efficient to grow because you, you can just plant the same seed. You have your, um, your seeders and your fertilizers, and you can crop dust with airplanes. And everything is neat and geometric and in rows. And... You can then, you know, take it to market. It's, it's a very efficient way. It's, a, it's an economy of scale. And it works really well until it doesn't. And it's inevitable that it won't, that eventually it will fail for a whole bunch of reasons. So one is, if you keep growing the same crop on the same ground, you're eventually, you're depleting it. It's no different than um, drilling for oil. You know, at the end of the day, the oil is gone. Whatever you pulled out is no longer there. So having this very, very intense form of monocropping means that we're stripping the, that land of nutrients. And we've seen over generations the U.S. topsoil, which used to be some of the thickest, richest in the world, the breadbasket of the world, has been stripped down to where it's practically gone. And so big farming replaces it with uh, commercial fertilizer, with uh, industrial inorganic nitrogen, phosphates, potassium. And because now the soil is depleted and there's only one crop growing there, now you get opportunity for pests, for animals, insects, fungi, bacteria, and weeds. And so because you have stripped the land of its robust diversity, now it's any opportunistic species can come in and try to colonize it. So in my garden, we don't do that. We don't plant rows and rows of the same thing. Every single bed is interplanted. So there are some economies of scale of saying, okay, well, we're going to do this bed is going to have potatoes in it, but it's also going to have other things that go well with potatoes. So potatoes are very strong root vegetables. So along with that, we can have a little bit of a cover crop of some greens. Um, 
we can plant tomatoes, you know, so that there's not, not only they're sharing space well, they, you know, the one, the tomato tends not to have very heavy, uh, thick roots and the potatoes, we need the space for the roots. The potatoes, we want to cover them. We want to protect the uh, stalks from the sun. And so things that we can, uh, that will grow and provide shade actually help it out. And we do diversity of planting. We don't just plant uh, crops to eat. We also plant lots of flowers, lots of herbs to confuse insects. So imagine some, uh, some giant monocropped field and there's a, an insect that comes along that likes eating that crop. Well, it doesn't have to be very smart to find all of it. It just goes from plant to plant and you can decimate the entire crop. Whereas in my garden, there are enough conf insect confusers uh, other things that they can, that they smell that they say they can't just jump from one to the other. Um, also, we have a wide variety of different kinds of life in the garden. We have, we, as I said yesterday, we work on a lot of fungi, on letting the soil be so that the mycelium webs can uh, sort of mat in place, and they then. Um, appeal to the nematodes and to other soil bacteria. Uh, the earthworms then come and create holes in the soil so that air can get in. So we have aerobic growth. Um, contrast that to one of these big monocropped places where the soil has been flattened because they have big machines going over it all the time and nothing living in the soil. Uh, so there's lots of stories of the U.S. crop nutrient density decreasing. This is one of the things that the vitamin and supplement makers have been telling us, that we're not getting our nutrients from food anymore. That's not because there's something wrong with the food we're growing. It's because the soil is dead. The soil is the thing that provides the life and the nutrients into the plants that we grow and eventually eat. So by having a healthy web of soil life, uh, a diverse web. So what happens when some pathogen gets in, when some uh, rot comes or a, uh, an insect comes that would eat up our, our, uh, our crop or our harvest? There are other things there. It's a robust thing. It's hard. It's almost like playing a game of musical chairs when there's no extra chairs. So it's hard for someone else to come in when all the chairs are taken. So we want to make sure we have a very, very diverse, first of all, ecosystem in the soil, diverse crops that we're growing that all require different things, diverse sources of fertility from the grassland, from our meadow where we can cut and then bring in the green manure uh, from uh, green mulch cover crops like, uh, like buckwheat or winter rye. Uh, Austrian cowpeas, and a diversity of the things that we're actually planting and growing. So one of the things we're doing, I'm, I'm going to start this project today, uh, now that it's getting warm enough, is what's called compost tea. So you just basically take a big pile of compost. We like to get it from the woods, um, which has a very you know healthy, diverse ecosystem of all sorts of little critters. Get some garden soil, put it into a big rain barrel with uh, humic acid and molasses. Basically, we're creating a growth medium for all the little critters. 
and then we we bubble it with air stones from a like a with a pump like you'd have in an aquarium and for 12 hours and so all the uh, we're feeding with the, with the humic acid and the molasses we're feeding all the little critters so they're multiplying and then we take that mixture put it in a backpack sprayer and spray it everywhere in the garden so any pathogens that want to get in are going to have to fight through that entire army to get a stronghold. And even if they get in, they're not going to have the same kind of stronghold as if it was a blank slate and there was no, uh, you know, there was nothing stopping them. So I'm thinking a little bit about viruses right now, right? We're all in lockdown because of a virus. And yeah, it's great that we're, you know, we're sanitizing our hands. We're using alcohol based things. Uh, we're washing our hands with heavy duty soap. At some point, though, we have to live in a world that is in balance with viruses. We cannot eradicate all the viruses. And the problem comes when we have created mono crop situations, situations of no diversity where these viruses can take hold, right? Whether it's the wet markets of China, where you have all these live animals in close proximity in very, very tight, unsanitary, unhealthy conditions, or whether it's the, uh, the pig farming, the pork operations in North Carolina, or the giant chicken factories, or the, uh, the beef um, processing plants. These are all monocrops. They are places of no diversity, where right now we are um, managing disease with huge amounts of antibiotics. And of course, antibiotic use is another example of killing everything so that the next time, the next time we have a superbug, we have MRSA, we have some sort of um, bacteria that becomes resistant to those antibiotics, we're defenseless. So the lessons of my garden, of diversity, of not trying to kill things, but trying to create a community in which it is resilient enough that the bad things can't take over. Um, that's kind of the principle that I, I want to share with you today. So the tip jar for Plant Yourself is open at plantyourself.com gift. If you are doing okay in this pandemic time, in this time of crisis, and you'd like to help support the mission of this show, I would very much welcome a gift. If you're not doing okay and you're struggling, then this podcast and all the others that I do is my gift to you. Um, well Start Coach Training begins in May, May 11th. If you're interested, check out wellstartcoach.com. It might be a real nice side hustle. Almost all of the coaching I do is virtual. It's been on Zoom or Skype or telephone. And so it's a very resilient um, occupation in this time. And people certainly need, whether they can afford is another question, but people certainly need the kind of behavioral support right now. I saw someone told me about a meme that said right now, everyone's either going to become a, a master chef or an alcoholic. Right. It's, it's kind of stark, but those are the two places people can go as they deal with the stresses of this lockdown and of this societal meltdown. So if we want to help people become better versions of themselves through their behaviors and habits. Becoming a health coach is a great way to do it. So wellstartcoach.com if you're interested. If you'd like to do it and you don't have the money, 
uh, shoot me an email, hj at plantyourself.com. We can talk about making it uh, possible for you somehow. That's about it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for going out in the world. And even if you're going out virtually, seeing how you can make the world a better place for all of us, not just short term, but long term, as we think about things like diversity, as we think about things like working with nature, the answers are always found in nature. And we just have to understand them, embody them, mimic them, and scale them. All right. As always, be well, my friends.